welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me always is Sam Neil. Hello. How are you doing, Sam? I'm pretty good, thank you. I've got a lot to talk about. <laughs> awesome, cool. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, fairly good. Uh, again, a lot to talk about this week. We had some pretty cool announcements on Friday, so I think really that's going to be the, the main focus of the show today. Yeah, a lot of things happened in the, the spring announcement day. Yeah. So we've got a lot to talk about. Have you uh, managed to play much magic this week? Um, A moderate amount, I think. Okay. That's better than that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely better than last week. Yeah, like I've played a little bit of Arena, like it's... Mm-hmm. Yeah, my thoughts so haven't changed that at all. Topic. Yeah, like I'm still just still just grinding, grinding that gold, try to do another draft when they put a good draft format on there because it was our of uh, it was their uh, rivals for Ixalan, mm-hmm. and I don't want to draft that again ever, <laughs> like, ever. So we're just like that set quite clear. Yeah, we'll uh, I'll I'll hang on until Dominaria is released on there for draft, and I'll, I'll jump back into drafting on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, I went to F and M this week. Well, that's like. For the first time in ages, right? Yeah, first time in absolutely ages. It was uh, standard as well, so I Indeed. played some standard. Uh, did really well. terribly. I, Excellent. Yeah, went uh, one two one, Ooh. and that one that I won was a buy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you went o two one. So. Yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, yeah, I got a pack. I got a, an F and M promo opt, so that's yeah, that's fine. I had a lot of fun as well. Like uh, one of my opponents was playing like a like a Grixis Pirates deck which I thought was kind of interesting but I really really liked a, a couple of the cards in there um, I think like once Standard rotates there might be like a really solid pirate deck like blue black pirate deck oh, really? yeah like Daring Saboteur just gets so much work done okay I mean Hossie's Take is a good card right? yeah but totally yeah you play like Daring Saboteur you play like Freebo- uh, Kite Sail Freebooter okay modern playable yeah totally um, yeah like I think it was I think it was. I think I won game one, and then game two it was like turn one duress. You like turn two Catsail Freebooter, take your whatever I had, like whatever counter spell I had in hand, uh, and it was just like sweet value pirates. And that sounds dope. Yeah, I think obviously because I, I don't really play many or any creatures in, in approach. Like mm-hmm. the daring saboteur was just able to attack and get through and just loot it like every turn it was really good yeah do you like that seems like a being if you're playing approach yeah it was just Jace Friends Prodigy that does two damage a turn that seems good yeah. I played that yeah that's great <laughs> so yeah that was fun uh, then like uh, I lost like horrifically to Merfolk as well like Merfolk losing to all the travel decks yeah exactly uh, I went like I think game one like I won game one again like absolutely no problem and then game two it was like I'm gonna play like one Merfolk and then on turn two, I'm going to play like two Merfolk, and then turn three, I'm going to play this and that, and then suddenly, like, the Merfolk's are like four fours, and I've missed <laughs> a land drop. And <laughs> that so was you, that. Do you know what's happened, right? Yeah. So they've, they've all heard about how much you hate Ixalan. Yeah. And they're just getting all the tribes together to beat you up. Yeah, quite possibly. We've just been incredibly disrespectful. Yeah. Did you then, like, play against dinosaurs? <laughs> I didn't, but that draw in the first round was against vampires. See? Yeah. <laughs> See? Yep. I'm talking excellent. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, other than that, I played a couple of games of Modern at, at F&M as well, just sort of on the side, and that was fun. Uh, you still playing Lantern? Yeah, still playing Lantern. It's been a while since, since I've played Modern as well. Um, mm-hmm. Just felt really nice to play that deck again. Like, I... Yep. I think it's possibly one of my favourite Magic decks like I've ever played. It's a shame it's incredibly bad in modern right now. Yeah, it is. It is pretty bad in modern. Like I don't think it's as bad as I'd originally thought it would be. But mm-hmm. like you, yeah, I think you just have to. Yeah, you have to know how to play the deck a lot better now than you had before. We had like Bloodbraid Elf in the format, and yeah, so I, mean, I think you've got to be more careful with like what hands you're keeping and even like aggressively mulliganing and like you know just perfect hands. Yeah, I mean like best. Three decks in the format are all like super aggro decks, right? Mm. Like uh, humans, affinity, and hollow one. Like they feel yep. pretty difficult, especially like humans has got so much disruption that I feel like it's really hard for you to win those games. Yeah, totally. Okay, but at least you're having fun. Yeah, totally. That's it. Like, yeah, I had a lot of fun. Didn't do too well, but that's that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. How about you? Have you played, played much Magic this week? Played a lot, of limited. Awesome, cool. So I went to FNM. Yeah, so I got my modern deck already. Sweet. And my friend Rob was like, "Do you want to do a draft instead?" And I said, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> like immediately. Um, so we got a twelve-person pod. Oh, sweet. Which was um, which was cool. Um, drafted black white. Nice. Managed to. I went. I went two one. Okay, cool. 
Two ones, sweet. Um, and I managed to pull off, uh, so I built like a reasonable deck. Yeah. So there were 22 good cards in my deck. And then I played uh, a single tra- Tragic Pellet. Okay. <laughs> and one game I managed to get an Elder Tree Born back from my graveyard with Tragic Pellet. So oh, nice. That's, I just, I won the game. Nice. <laughs> just like, made a combo deck. Oh, that's really cool. And then uh, I did a draft online as well, which is really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I'm just really bad. Um, and then I've done a couple of seals as well. Yeah. A couple of the seal keys because they're like 60 play points yeah. for Phantom. And if you go to one, you get 60, uh, 60 play points. Yeah. So just like trying to figure out the format's really sweet. Uh, my pools have been like heinous. <laughs> I have been so bad. Like my first pool, I the best color was black. Yeah. And I had zero copies of Eviscerate, yeah. four copies of Cast Down. <laughs> okay. I don't know how that happens. I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. And then you realize that Dominaria is a Legends of Mana sets. Yeah, totally. Um, and I got paired against the... Uh, I just got, I bought, round one, I just lost with Danitha, hitting me for two every turn. Yeah. So I couldn't. <laughs> and then um, round two, I got paired against the Arvard Danitha Shalai deck. Yep, that'll do it. Yep, that was pretty bad. Um, but my second one was, um, was okay. Pool's still really bad. Yeah. Well, the best the best card in my pool was uh, Daragaz. Okay. The Jund the Jund Dragon. Yeah, I like that dragon a lot. Yeah, and I ended up playing blue white. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's, it's probably card. not as splashable in a in a blue white deck. You know, I did have one Grove Me Ashes. Yeah. No Scattering Surveyors. No. Two Verdant Forces, which I couldn't play. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird pool of cards. Um, but I've been really enjoying the format. Yeah. Like. Dominaria is sweet. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, variance is a thing, right? Like, it's just going to yeah. happen sometimes. Like, you're just going to draw the bad hands. You're just going to open the bad sealed pools. I mean, two sealed pools in a row, one day after another. You'd think, like, Magic Online would throw me a bone, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh, I made it work. I got to cast some Wrath Capuchins. It was sweet. Sweet. Cool. So, speaking of Dominaria Limited. Yes. I have a pack of Dominaria on my desk. Fantastic. It's a good segue. Would you like to open it? Yeah, let's, let's crack that pack. And uh, see what we get. Yeah. So I've had some I've had some comments from from some people listening to the podcast. Okay. That um, told me to stop reading out all the cards all the time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just fair enough. I guess we're far enough into this format where, like, if I say a good card, people are gonna know what it does, right? Yeah, sure. Quite fine. So, or I'll just read them all out and do it really long, just to annoy people. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so first card out the pack, we have uh, Davin and Trapper. Oh, cool. Or the Dominant Tapper. Yeah, it is Dominant Tapper. Um, yeah, I I really don't mind it at all. Like, I, I think right. it's one of the cards that I initially really undervalued. Which Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I covered that in, a, in another episode. It was one of the ones that, especially in pre-release, especially in Sealed, like, if you can just get, like, a couple of Trappers and a couple of Artifacts, like, it's really cool. Yeah, because you're, like, you're picking up the cheap equipment anyway because they're just fine. Yeah. Um, and just casting these. It's really good. Yeah, and at the worst, it's, it's yeah at the worst, it's just a three mana three two. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't too shabby. Okay, sweet. Cool. Because I, I feel like our last few packs on this podcast have been just awful. So <laughs> it's nice to open a good one. For yeah. Us. <laughs> cool. So we got the trap here. Uh, get you love runner. Just the one two. Yeah. Uh, pick the wizard deck. They're bad in every other deck, I think. Yeah, I I wouldn't highly pick this this card at all. No, that's a shame. I wouldn't pick this card either. No. Nope. Lanawar boy. I don't know how to evaluate this card. Like, yeah, I thought it, okay for splashing. Yeah, I think I think you just you just need to be in the wizard deck for it to be like playable. I think like mm, right. Next card is divest. Uh, divest. I've played it. Yeah, I've played it before. It's it's playable definitely. Like Davenant Trapper would still be my first pick out of these. I think. Yeah, but I mean, I've played this like the first one in my main deck is sort of fine. Yeah. Like the 23rd card, if you need it, it sort of works as a removal spell. Yeah, sure. Got an opt. Opt. Uh, yeah, again, like, uh, it's playable. Like, I like this card more in this format than I did in Ixalan. Mm-hmm. Like, see, the format is a lot slower, and, you know, especially in Sealed, I guess, really, like, you wouldn't be unhappy playing this card at all because yeah, you, you'll be able to get the, the actual value out of it. Yeah, I think, like, if you're in, the, like, the Wizard deck playing Adelaide's. Yeah. Um,. I guess I mean to be honest, I, I think I would play I would play opt in, in most most blue decks I'm in, I think. Sure. Okay. I mean it's still not better than the trapper, right? Yeah, sure, definitely not. No, definitely stole the trapper so far in the pack. Mm-hmm. Academy Drake? Hmm. Three mana two two flyer or yeah. the seven mana four four flyer. Yeah. Um I think Good. Yeah, I like Academy Drake a lot. Like mm-hmm. 
whether I like it better than the Truffer, I'm I'm unsure. Like I think I think I would probably value them quite equally. Yeah, but... I think the thing with Drake is it's just good by itself, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is good in any blue deck, whereas the Truffer is normally good in a historic leaning deck. Yeah, and like it's obviously it's it's pretty decent early on in the game, and then if you top deck it later on, it just gets better. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so I yeah, yeah, maybe I agree. I, I think I agree. I think it is the the Drake at this point. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not this Ace there glider that I've just opened. Ah uh, no, I've I've not had to play this card yet, and that's probably really good. Uh, next one is Runamok. Uh, Runamok. Is uh, one in a red for instant. Target attack creature gets plus three, plus three, and gets trampled ten of them. Yeah, I do not like this card. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got a Sapphire. Oh, Sapphire's cool, yeah. Yeah, three mana two to make a one one. Yeah, uh, I I think that's probably the pick at this point. Like, I think. Yeah, I'm, like. I, I think the black green deck is probably the best in the format. Possibly. Like, I, so. I think the like a really good black green deck is better than a really good any other colour combination deck, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Yeah, I think any, just any of like the like the Sapphire-Ling, Thalid combination, like combos, like yeah, the Sapphire really fits into the strategies nicely. Yeah, it's really really good. And like, I mean, two two bodies for three manners, like yeah. just really. Good. Okay, first time common. What have we got? We're not taking this Wizards retort. No, uh, cancel is not playable. I yeah, I think I agree there. Like it's fine if you, you want it. If it you want it in your deck as like you know your twenty X spell, like sure. Yeah, like, I've lost, I've lost to it at the Wizards deck, but I'm not taking it highly to be in a Wizards deck. Yeah, I it's agree. Really to pull me into the Wizards deck. Yeah. Okay, we've got Thorn Elemental. Cool. I like that card. Like. On a seven-seven. Yeah, seven mana seven-seven. Uh, you may have Thorn Elemental assign its combat damage as though it weren't blocked. Yeah, I mean you always block it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I, mm, is this better than Sapper? Uh, I. Do you quite like the ramp deck? Yeah, I quite like the ramp deck as well, but I think I think the Sapper even fits into that deck too. Yeah, probably because I mean, if you get like summer frailies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think I, I think I would still be on the on the Sapphire plan at this point. I think like given Thorn Elemental, it's yeah, it's a seven mana, seven seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five and two green. I think just because the two green cost there, you are committing yourself to green there. Whereas the Sapphire, I wouldn't mind playing on a splash, like if I had to. Yeah, sure. It's just a fine card. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'd rather pick up the ramp pieces before I pick the like the payoff. Yeah, totally. Ooh. Okay. This next uncommon does not make a difference. Okay. Damping Sphere. <laughs> ah, no. <laughs> playable, not playable remotely. It's like... Limits. Oh, it's incredible in Vintage. Like, it's doing yeah, some yeah, serious work in Vintage, but... Well, it's actually doing anything in this format. Uh, in, this, in this format, uh, if you open a Cabal, whatever that, not Cabal, uh, Cabal, Cabal stronghold, stronghold, yeah. If you have a Cabal Stronghold in enough swamps, then... Yeah, sure. Uh, but other than that, yeah. I don't think it affects any of the other lands in the format. <laughs> it's just very bad. No, yeah, it's not it's well, not playable card in this format at it's all. It's nice to have a fifth like my collection, I guess. Yeah. Our rare is Trogar, Famine Incarnate, which is uh, six and two black for a seven six. Yeah. There's additional uh, cost to cast it. You can sacrifice any number of creatures, and it costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed. When it enters the battlefield, as one target player's life total becomes half their starting life total, rounded down. Yes, I like Trogar a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think Trogar's my pick here, definitely. Sweet. Like, it's... Like, it's good in the Sapling deck. Because <laughs> yeah, you're it's... making these creatures and you can turn it into a 7-6. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. Like, I think I'm just... Mm, I think I'm just taking a Sapper, but that's just because it's me. Yeah, I, I think... I think I'm just going to the Sapper deck. I, I think the Sapper is a respectable choice, definitely. Um, mm. But, I, I, yeah, I can't say no to Trogar. Fair enough. Oh, we've got foil. Oh, What's that? Mama spider. Mama spider. Like five and a three five with reach. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's certainly playable. I think it's the kind of card I really want to pick up. Like for my green decks, it's one of the best cards in the green decks, but you don't want to take it early. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not passing any of these like nonsense. Yeah, (laughs) you wouldn't mind taking it like fifth fifth pick in like pack one, you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Like I think it's decent, but I think out of this pack, like Torgar Famine Incarnate is definitely my boy. Sure. That's fine. I can understand it. I'm taking the Abomite Sapphire. That's I fair I'm, enough. I put too much importance on the like the background Sapphire deck. Yeah, I'm just going to take the bomber. Yeah, that's probably correct. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm doing really bad at this format, so maybe maybe you're right. <laughs> uh, that was know. that was an okay pack. Yeah, totally. Yeah, definitely. It's actually had some decisions rather than just taking like the Muldrofer or. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been as as I'd say dynamic as some of, some of our previous packs. Mm-hmm just had like nothing and then suddenly oh it's just the bomb mythic let's just take that yeah yeah 
I, mean, I, I was hoping I was going to open some kind of value in this bag. Yeah, you got a dumping sphere. That, I've, <laughs> I've got four of them already. <laughs> Doesn't cover the cost of the pack. No. <laughs> like, I've had such bad opens with this set. Like I haven't opened any good. Like I've opened a Lyra. Yeah. Which I, I immediately sold for uh, like when it was like twenty five dollars. Yeah. And then like two days later, it hit forty dollars. Yeah. And now it's like fifty. <laughs> So I've had some bad luck with Dominaria. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. It's annoying. Anyway, let's move on. I'm going to stop complaining. Cool. Yeah, if you'd <coughs> like to uh, hit us up on, on social media or I guess just our email address to give us a little bit of, of feedback on that sort of cracker pack for, like, format, like would you prefer if we, reading, like, if we read the full cards or would you prefer just here's the name, shall we pick it or not? It'd be good to get a bit of feedback on that going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, it depends how into the format you are, I suppose. Yeah, totally. Because I think at this point, like, most of the cards in this pack I know. Yeah. And if you don't know them, there's probably a reason. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think there's a reason we don't know what Renamok does. Because <laughs> it's just not playable. Yeah. And, like, the Lanor Envoy. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Like, if you want give, to give feedback on it, that's perfectly fine. If you also want to tell me my pick was completely wrong, <laughs> that's also acceptable. Yeah, totally also do that. Great. So let's, yeah, move on to our card of the week. So what is your card of the week then, Sam? Slimefoot the Stowaway. Hey, Slimefoot is great. Why is Slimefoot your card of the week? Because I just got many reasons. One, it's the card I want to open in Dominaria when I'm drafting. Absolutely. As I've just said, I love the Black Green deck. Yeah. And I think it's just the best deck, and that card's just great. Uh, I'm currently building a Slimefoot EDH deck. Okay, cool. Because I'm such a big fan. Yeah. And I picked up a Japanese foil copy of the GP. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Along with some Phyre- like a Phyrexian altar and some Grave Pact. Yeah. Um, and he featured very heavily in the story this week. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, that story, I, uh, I've i got a lot of issues with the story. I'm yeah. not going to get into it, because I could be here for hours, but... Oh, when, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what did you, how did you feel about the story? It's not going anywhere. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought it was fine, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me a lot of the story from uh, Shadows of Innistrad, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Gisa and Garel. Sure. Where they're writing letters to each other. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of like a. It wasn't tied to the main plot or the main sort of overarching story at all, but it was just a really nice bit of an insight into what else was sort of happening at the, at the time. Yeah, that's true. I suppose, but like, I feel like we've already got so much left to cover in terms of like stuff we know is going to happen. Yeah, possibly. Archives. Yeah, um, and like nothing really happened. Yeah, I mean, we've still got like what, five weeks of Dominaria story left. How many? Five weeks. I thought it was only twelve episodes we're getting. This is number ten. Oh, is it number 10? Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. This isn't a problem. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I didn't think, I didn't realise we're that far in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We've got two stories left, and this one was just mainly about Slimefoot being cute. Oh. Sorry, I'm into, like, that's fine. Yeah, totally. It's like green, but, um, yeah, why are we not really getting anywhere? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, it was episode 10. Episode 10, yeah. It's, um, sort of annoying, but, I mean, basically the whole thing with Slimefoot is Slimefoot, Slimefoot can't talk. Yeah. Just start sprouting loads of arms to wave at people, which is <laughs> yeah. Slimefoot is is just like like yeah, like some sort of fungus, living fungus. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's really, I I enjoyed the story a lot. Um, yeah, I I guess I didn't realize it was we were so late in the story now. So I think that's that changes my my yeah changes my feelings towards it slightly. But because we've already had a couple of stories where like the plot hasn't really progressed and we're like focusing on characters which is fine yeah but you don't spend like whole chunks of stories just being like and then Slimefoot did this yeah and then Slimefoot waved at someone and then like <laughs> Jesus it's just and the amount of times like they say just the name Slimefoot in the story yeah it's like uh, I've had spoke to Slimefoot Slimefoot waved Kenyana frowned at Slimefoot Kenyana eyed Slimefoot <laughs> oh god um, I guess I guess this is kind of like you know, this is kind of like their big training <clears throat> montage time, mm-hmm. isn't it? Really, like yeah. everybody's on the ship. They're going towards wherever Bells and Lock is. You've got like Jaya and Chandra training up on top of the on top of the of the deck. Like Gideon mm-hmm. searching out a plan, and yeah, like it. Yeah, considering we are so far in the story, it does feel a little weird to have almost this like filler episode. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think in the sort of context of the story as a whole, it makes sense. Yeah, it's cool, but it's just oh, it's just Slimefoot being introduced to all these people. Yeah, like his interactions with Khan are really cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, I just I just. I wish he was he was either more important or just wasn't in it because <laughs> oh, it just seemed like a waste of a story yeah because then we've got like another another bit with like with Chandra and everything yeah uh, 
I don't know. I just complain too much. That's that's my problem. <laughs> I yeah, like I I I think it's been fine. Like I I enjoyed the story a lot, but I think yeah, you're right. Like we've got two episodes left where we've got a, a deal with like Gideon getting getting the blade and then killing ben, Bells and Locke and then whatever happens at the end with with Nicol Bolas and Liliana. Exactly, because they've got to like explain. Because I imagine the reason they've done it like this, where like the story's carrying on this long after we already know what happens. Yeah. It's like they've got to have some kind of because we know what's happening next, right? Which we'll get to in our main topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they've got to have some kind of transitional period where like that comes about, right? Yeah, totally. So they've got an episode. They've got two episodes to cover like the main point of the story, which is where they kill Bells on Yeah. Um, and like what's going on next? Yeah. It all just seems a bit just focusing on little Slimefoot with his little saplings. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah. No, I... Yeah, I get what you're saying, but. Also, Slimefoot's just really cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. Like, yeah. I have a Slimefoot by much. I'm obsessed with Slimefoot. He's amazing. Yeah. Which is why I'm so annoyed. <laughs> he doesn't matter. He's inconsequential. <laughs> He's just adorable and that's sort of it. Yeah. Also, I should say, he doesn't actually have pronouns. Yeah, no, it's... The entire story through it is just referred to as it. As it, yeah. I guess... Like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I guess because it's it's more of, like, a collection of multiple organisms as opposed to, like, one being. Like... Like Slimefoot is the being, like, right? and then. But the the little that, the saplings that come off Slimefoot were are also technically Slimefoot as well. But they uh, okay. It's just, it's like it's just like a continuously growing mound of spores. Sure, okay. But it's just it made the it just made the like the flowing of the prose just quite cumbersome. Yeah, but that's that's not magic related, and that doesn't really matter. No. <laughs> also, the best line is definitely "Hello, Thalid. I am Khan." <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'll move off Slimefoot. Cool. great. What's your card of the week? Uh, my card of the week, or once again, cards of the week. I'm going to cheat, the rules, cheat again. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, I know. Hey, I make the rules. I can break the rules. <laughs> no, this is a democratic podcast. You can't just. <laughs> <laughs> but next week you're going to have one card. It will, oh yeah, no, I've got a got a single card next week, definitely. But uh, yeah, this week we've got two cards. Uh, mm-hmm. They are uh, Zhang Yangyu and Mu Lanying. So that is. Yeah two new planeswalkers for a new product called the the global series mm-hmm. which is a, a new sort of unique product that's coming out it, if you think of them as uh, sort of planeswalker decks except these ones have been specifically designed with uh, with chinese characters in, in mind for the chinese audience so sort of like portal three kingdoms sort of yeah but as a planeswalker deck rather than than a full expansion yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I think they are being released in yeah being released on June twenty second. Uh, they're going to be coming in two decks, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I'm unsure whether it's two separate decks or if it's like a like a double pack of two decks, like a like a dual deck kind of thing. That would make sense. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if it actually clarifies that anyway. I need to yeah, I think I need to double check that. They've released very little about this actually. Yeah, they have released very little considering it's out in like pretty much a month from now exactly. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, so we've got two new planeswalkers from there that were released. Uh, We've got Yanling and Yanggu. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mulanying is uh, four and two blue for a legendary planeswalker. Uh, It's got three abilities on it. It's plus two. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. Uh, minus three, draw two cards, and then minus ten, tap all creatures your opponents control. You take an extra turn after this one. Sure. So how do you how do you feel about that? Comes in with five loyalty as well. That seems. I mean, it seems like a planeswalker deck card. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it seems like a bad card that's cool. Yeah. Which is what the planeswalker decks are sort of for. They're like they're for newer players, right? I'm assuming this is like on the same lines. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Uh, you know, straight away the best application is oh yeah, you play it in Commander with Dublin season, which is just like yeah, sure, which is like yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that seems quite good. Like I've seen people talk about playing it in like Mulder of the EDH. So you play with um, obviously you play it with Dublin season, and then you just minus ten when it comes in. Tap all creatures your opponent's control. You take an extra turn, and then on your extra turn you cast it again from your graveyard. And then minus ten again straight away, and just okay, just have infinite up. turns. Like it's time vault voltaic key in Commander, but it's. Uh, but you have to have a five mana entrapment, a six mana planeswalker, and a six mana creature in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's slightly more difficult. Yeah, totally. I mean that that um that definitely appeals to me though with yeah. my Muldrow the EDH deck. Yeah, I no, I, I, I like the card. Yeah, I mean now I'm gonna have to spend like forty quid on doubling season, right? Yeah, <laughs> to make this happen. <laughs> 
And this card might be like, I mean, we'll get onto it in a second. Yeah, totally. Card, but like, it might be incredibly expensive. Maybe. So uh, I'll go to the other card there. So the other card mm. we've got is uh, uh, Jiang Yang Yu. And that's uh, you know, again, Legendary Planeswalker. It's five mana, so it's four and a green for a four loyalty Planeswalker with three abilities. So you can plus one, target creature gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. Uh, you can minus one, which is if you don't create, if you don't control a creature named Mawu, create a legendary 3-3 green hound creature token named Mawu. Sweet. A bit of a mouthful. <laughs> uh, then a minus five, which is until end of turn, target creature gains trample and gains plus X plus X, where X is the number of lands you control. Sweet. Yeah, I mean, like... He's got a little dog friend. Yeah, he has, uh, like... It's incredibly cute in the art. Technically a hound and not a dog. Like it's the most oh. dog looking hound like there has ever been in magic, I think. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, with the other hounds, you're like, okay, well, this is definitely just like a dog. It is, it's yeah, it's literally a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. again, kinda cool. Like uh, the, I don't know, like the character design almost reminds me of like the Monkey King in a way, which is pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. I assumed I don't know, like, I assumed they would have drawn on sort of inspiration from, like, the historical fiction stuff, like Journey to the West, for these cards. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see that reflected in, in this character a little bit, I think. Yeah. Uh, but, again, like, it's it's a not very powerful, but kind of cool card. Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah, totally. So how are we going to get our hands on these cards? So, uh, with these cards, they are being printed in, I think it's traditional Chinese and uh, English in China, and then mm-hmm. the rest of the world will get them in in English. Okay. And it's a, yeah, they've done a bit of a, a bit of an odd thing with it. So obviously you have Planeswalker decks, and mm-hmm. your Planeswalker decks, all of your cards are legal and standard. They're all legal yep. and modern, legacy, vintage, whatever you want to play them in. With these yep. ones, there's a slight difference. So those two cards specifically are only legal and standard in China. Uh, they're not legal and modern in any anywhere okay which i think is 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 quite bizarre like i'm not i don't yeah i don't understand why yeah like i'm not in, entirely sure why like i i understand that it's it's the global series and obviously they want to do something special for that region whatever whichever region is being highlighted in in that particular global series mm-hmm. but, but i mean I, I'm not sure why the location that you're in should determine the card's legality in a format. Yeah, because like, I understand that it's meant to be for, like... I, I sort of understand the reasons behind it, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not that any, either of these cards are particularly good. Or good or playable. Or, yeah. really standard, but, yeah. like, if one of them is, like, you can only play them in China? Yeah. That's, that seems like an odd choice to me. Yeah, it seems quite strange. Yeah, the power level of the cards is fairly weak, and it's, it's not going to happen, but what if one of these cards is... Good enough to be in a in a like a, a tier one deck in China. So what if somebody plays these cards in, a, in an RPTQ in, in China and wins the RPTQ, but mm-hmm. then they go to the Pro Tour, but they're not allowed to play the deck that they won the RPTQ with? Yeah, because the Pro Tour is not in China. Yeah, because the Pro Tour is not in China. Or the, the or, the, or the flip side, yeah, if the Pro Tour is in China, which it, I don't think it, there will be one. Uh, while these cards would be standard legal, but if the Pro Tour right. is in China and one of those cards does actually see play but yeah I don't know it's odd yeah it's a really strange one it is like yeah like I can I I don't know like it it makes sense it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make sense really like I I can (laughs) I can I can yeah like I can understand why they've said that and why they've done that because Uh because it's a global series because it's meant to be an exclusive product for China sort of yeah but at the same time I don't think it makes sense to dictate the legality of a card based on its location mm-hmm. yeah it's mm. and all yeah also there are there are you know various various other issues with that as well so they define china as i think i can't remember who said it but some may have been aaron forsyth had said on 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 twitter or, or tumblr i think it was twitter that define that they define china as uh you can play these cards up to a point where you would hit a border or water so it excludes places like hong kong and like taiwan so you couldn't play those cards in a standard in any of those territories like okay yeah Mm, this is all very strange to me it just it just seems a little bit unnecessary i think is is Mm -hmm. the point i'm trying to make i think yeah i mean we'll see how it goes it might be really really cool yeah like I really like the idea of a global series, and it yeah, absolutely no. makes sense for them to try to tap into the Chinese market. Like, mm-hmm. like you know, it's, it's a great business movement, definitely. But mm-hmm. it just, yeah, there just one or two things that are a little, a little strange about it. I think. 
but I do hope that is that this global series is something that they do they do keep up and they do they do you know we'll see one like at least once a year it would be great I think I'd just have like different different regions of the world yeah well let's see what they do with the rest of the series I think yeah totally well I'm just confused now <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why is this a thing yeah I don't anyway, know. I guess we could talk about this forever, right? But yeah, I totally. Yeah, we could talk about this for a while. So let's let's move on to our main topic this week. Then the rather yeah. exciting uh, announcement day, I guess. Really, I think since so there's one one a huge thing that's come out of this uh, out of this announcement, which is um, which is where we're going next. And yes. I think since you pulled it several months ago, yeah. <laughs> you should be the one to actually say what it is. Yeah, it's Ravnica. Woohoo! Yeah, we're going back to Ravnica. Uh, so. Starting in October, uh, mm-hmm. we are going to have uh, Guilds of Ravnica. So that's the first set that will be released after the, the core set. Uh, and I'm feelings about that name, but yeah. yeah. Early next year, we'll have uh, Ravnica Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the sort of spring set for next year uh, will also be set on Ravnica. They haven't announced the name. They haven't really said anything at all about it, other than it will be set on Ravnica. But mm-hmm. it's going to be a thing. Yeah, I am very excited. Yeah, me too. Like, I, I really can't wait. Like, Ravnica is one of my favourite planes, and I think mm-hmm. I had sort of speculated that we would be going back there this year, like, fairly early on, because yep. there's been a lot sort of pointing to it storyline-wise throughout the past couple of expansions, but also yep. the fact that it's Magic's 25th anniversary. Like, uh-huh. it like- makes total sense for that. Like, they released, like, a special Masters 25. We go back to Magic's, like, original plane in Dominaria. We go back to core sets. And then I'd say, like, arguably, like, the m- most popular plane. Like, if you were to, like, to take like, yeah. every Magic player ever and put them all in one room and go, like, oh, what's your favourite plane? Like, Ravnica would probably win out, like, with a, yeah, with I mean, a majority, like... like yeah, definitely. Like, so, it's yeah. So I think I think it was like the like the perfect time to sort of go go back to Ravnica in in the twenty fifth year of, of Magic, and it is the plane that probably holds the most importance for like the I'd say the the modern story or like the modern setting of the game. To be honest, yeah, and that's that's sort of the point, right? This is like where this current story arc is gonna is all gonna come to a head, right? Yeah, definitely. So we've got back in uh, Rivals Frixlan, there was a bit towards the end of the story where uh, obviously. Jason had his mind wiped for for most of it, most of the story, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually he gets his memories back. His memories come flooding back, and he you know talks to Vraska, uh, Vraska about you know Nicol Bolas, and then he, he reads her mind, he implants memories, and throughout that that whole sort of story, it comes quite apparent that for whatever reason, Nicol Bolas's end game is Ravnica, or appears to be Ravnica. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure why, but we'll find out, and I'm very excited to find out. Yeah, absolutely, we definitely will fi- find out why. So yeah, I guess we'll go through what we know of the set so far. So uh, we'll start with Guilds of Ravnica, and it's going to be released on October the 5th, 2018, and it's going to prominently feature uh, Selesnia, uh, Boros, Golgari, Izzet, and Demir. So that is respectively the green-white pairing, the red-white pairing, the black-green pairing, the blue-red pairing, and the blue-black pairing. So the best pairing and four other ones. Ah, uh, debatable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, is it is probably the best pairing, but uh, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> none of that. None of that. <laughs> Let's have a fight. <laughs> so Guild of Ravnica, then. How, how do you feel about that? What sort of jumps out? Why has it got the same name as Ravnica City of Guilds? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> it's too simple. Yeah, Ravnica City Guilds. Plus, also, like, it's called Guilds of Ravnica, but it's only half of the Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah, it's not actually the Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah. It's, it's half the Guilds of Ravnica. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. I like that they're... So, with uh, the Return to Ravnica, they did a certain amount of... I'm, I I can't remember. They did a certain amount of um, Guilds per set, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in Return to Ravnica, you had, like, Azorius, is it Rakdos, Golgari, and Selesnia. Uh, right, memory. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you had the other five in Gatecrash. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was just like a mix in Dragon's Maze. I can't quite remember. So I don't really remember much of Dragon's Maze at all. So is this going to follow the same sort of path? Uh, quite possibly. So obviously we've got Ravnica Allegiance again. Uh, that it comes out in January 2019. And in Ravnica Allegiance, we've got Azorius, Rakdos, Gruul, Simic and Orzov, so respectively, that is white blue, black red, red green, green blue, and white black. So the the worst the worst guild and four others. No, the best guild and four of us. You already said is it was the best. You can't have two. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it probably technically is the best guild, but I'm always going to be Rakdos for life. Is it? Yes, is it? You've got, I've got to make a joke. <laughs> You've got to make a joke, and then everyone will groan and we'll move on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I just don't. Uh, no, Ragdos is Ragdos is not. I don't. How how do you identify Ragdos in any kind of way? Ah, uh, I just I don't know. Like I think I like I think the thing that that I guess drew me to Ragdos when I, I first got into the game really was like I guess just like the card Ragdos Cackler. Like initially, like I thought that was <laughs> the design of that card was absolutely fantastic. Like yeah. Like one mana two two like that's sick like I think when a lot of people are sort of new to the game like you'll you'll play or sort of you'll want to play like aggro decks like you want to play like creature decks you want to play decks that attack uh, and mm. I think I was pretty much all in on that I was like this is sweet so like I can go like turn one make a two two turn two equip it with this and swing for five or I can play this like two two of haste and I'll swing for four like yeah yeah I guess you just got to play lots of fast aggressive creatures and I, I really really enjoyed that back then and yeah I don't know I, I, well I, I feel like like they don't entirely match with my personality like I totally that's the thing yeah because I mean like you can you can do all those things in Selesnia yeah but I, I don't think I'm green white like at all like mm. like I don't know like I, I think if I had to like identify myself in colours and like like red's definitely there like definitely definitely red mm-hmm. but I don't know I don't know what my other colour would be I can't believe I can't believe we're doing a set we're doing an episode about Ravnica and you haven't even decided what guild you're aligned with oh Rakdos <laughs> like 100% Rakdos like okay. yeah <laughs> like no <laughs> Oh man, that's that's upsetting to me. Yeah, I mean, like the direct opposite of, of Celestia, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I guess we're being called out of devastation. Our logo's got bonus ones on it. I guess we're like a Grixis podcast, right? Yeah, maybe. So that makes sense. Yeah, so I've got like, the complete opposite of the rest of the podcast. <laughs> That's sure. why I complain and moan about things all the time. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, we've got uh, all ten guilds covered in those those two sets there, uh, which I I think absolutely makes sense. So obviously they announced a change a while ago that uh, I guess we're just seeing with Dominaria really that they were moving away from blocks and having like X amount of sets per blocks and we're just going to have standalone sets Uh, so we've got that with Dominaria at the moment that's a total standalone set but with with Ravnica you I feel like you would struggle to include like everything in one set and then spend the next set on like a different plane or like somewhere else in the story like I think I think it absolutely makes sense because because it's such a big important plane with so much going on that at the very least you're going to need two sets to get that across it is it does strike me as weird with uh you know how sets have been going recently so obviously since um since Mirrodin we've had three set blocks yeah then they went to two set blocks and then we're just gonna do one plane per set yeah so like like Dominarium and now they're sort of doing a three-set block again because three sets are going to be set on Ravnica in a row. Yeah, sort of. So I, uh, I'm not sure. Like I haven't seen it announced anywhere, like in any of the articles or, or videos or mm. any of the sort of chat from Wizards staff that I've seen. Whether yeah. these sets are going to be drafted independently or if you're going to be able to draft them together. Yeah, that's my main question. Like, are the limited formats like is the limited format going to be Guilds of Ravnica and then when Ravnica Allegiance comes out, it'll be you know like it has been for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Where it'll be two packs of allegiance and one pack of of guilds, or is yeah. allegiance going to be a standalone limited format as well? Yeah, those are the important questions, right? Yeah, definitely. I don't care about the story. <laughs> I don't know what my drafts are going to be like. <laughs> that's not remotely true. That's exactly the opposite of what I care about. <laughs> and if that's the case, then will this mystery third set also be required for drafting with the previous two? Well, that that depends. Well, we don't know anything about it yet, do we? Really? No, we know literally nothing about it. Uh, of that them. sounds like. The best kind of time for some baseless Joe Loudon speculation. Yeah, I'm all, all about baseless speculation. So yeah, yeah. calling the story before it happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you actually got this one right. So maybe. yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So if I, if I had to if I had to speculate baselessly, like you know, if you if you made me, I guess. Uh, you love doing that, don't you? Don't look. Like we have to. Yeah, it's you. so good. <laughs> uh, I I would, I would speculate that for this third set, we're going to see like a like a tricolor set, mm-hmm. like. Something like quite similar to Khan's attacker, but I think it's going to be the shards colours rather than the the Khan's wedges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Makes sense. With it being sort of nickel bolus, because I, I feel like um, obviously they they had a lot of feedback after Khan's attacker came out, and everybody absolutely loved that 
that three colour set, like they loved Khans and there was a lot of disappointment once dragons came out and it shifted to two colours and you, you lost the Khans, you lost the the, uh, the clans and mm-hmm. I think they, they managed to capture something something really really incredible with, with what they did on Khans so I think it would yep. make sense for them to, to try to replicate that yeah, and then sweet. yeah, by doing that on a on a pre-existing plane is like it seems just seems like a really safe idea and again the fact that we haven't had like a three colour set for a couple of years now the focus has definitely been on uh, either sort of coloured pairs or tribes yeah I mean like they're pushing us slightly towards more monocoloured stuff with um, you know the, the, the trip, triple yeah pip. Dominaria and stuff like that. Yeah. And which we had last time we were in Ravica. We went to Ravica and had all these like two colour, multicoloured nonsense. Yeah. And then we had Theros, which was the most boring set of all time because it was monocoloured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, hey, it, yeah. Once, once again, we're going to basically speculate right now. I'd say like, archery is going to be Theros. Really? And that's the set after after M20, yeah. That's the set after M20. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to make a note of this. Sure. The exact time and date that you've made that speculation. Sure. And we'll see if you're right. <laughs> and you'll win exactly nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just win I mean, dis- disappointment of having to go back to Theros. <laughs> yeah, no one wants that, do they? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, uh, I think there's there's obviously some key plot points that have to be wrapped <laughs> up in Theros, like Elspeth in yeah, the underworld has to be wrapped up. Uh, and like in that Eldritch Moon story where like Emrakul is showing Jace things like Jace sees Gideon like having it out with like Erebus and Erebus is talking about Gideon not being pure and not you know showing what his true intentions are like that kind of thing so yeah that's a very interesting plot point yeah well, we're eventually going to end up in the Dominaria story when it gets there yeah so we'll that, see that we'll was see. more speculation yeah it's uh, in the last episode, in the last paragraph of the last episode of the Dominaria story. It's like, oh, Gideon's black white now, and then it'll end. Yeah. And that'll be it. <laughs> and we'll actually get any kind of proper plot or story about it. Maybe. That's what's going so far. Maybe. But yeah, pretty much all we know about this this third set on Ravnica at the moment is that just that Ravnica is going to be the setting, but the focus is going to be the on the culmination of the story uh, rather than the guilds themselves. So we've got another three sets about the Gatewatch. Quite possibly, yeah. So I uh, would say one of the, the lines at the end of the announcement day was that uh, it's going to be a wild ride as we return to one of Magic's favourite planes and the long boiling war with Nicol Bolas reaches its crescendo. So I think we might see the end of that Gatewatch storyline. So what do you think going to happen? What do I think is going to happen? Um, I I I don't really know to be honest. I like I think uh, obviously they're gonna kill Bells and Lock like next week or whenever like yeah, uh, and then probably. yeah and then week after that Nicole Bolas will come and you know Liliana's contract defaults to him now so she'll have to go with Bolas and then the thing I'm struggling with is what is Nicole Bolas's end game on Ravnica like uh, we like, won't find out because Jace will just kill him yeah. Like, that's, why? Because it's obviously we know, like, Ralzarek is one of Volus's agents, and Ralzarek's been mm-hmm. doing doing stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll matter. I think Jace is going to kill Volus by himself. Yeah. Despite, you know, Volus being the most powerful being in the multiverse. Yeah. And then that'll be over, and then we won't have to see Jace or Gideon ever again, and everyone will be much happier. <laughs> see, I'm just the negative force on this podcast. Maybe I, I'm all done here. Maybe I'm just like bringing everyone down the entire time. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess I'd share your viewpoint as far as Gideon goes, but I, I can't see them getting rid of Jace like anytime soon, like ever. Like, kind of like their flagship character. Yeah, I'm just, I'm like everyone else. I'm sick of it. Yeah, which is is one of the strange things that I have seen. Like I've seen a surprising amount of like backlash, like already about spending three sets on Ravnica. Oh, did, why? I uh, I don't know. Like it seems like really strange because like you ask anybody, like absolutely anybody that plays Magic, and you wouldn't you wouldn't think like you could ask them like what they think of Ravnica, and you're never going to get anything negative out of them, right? No, yeah, people. I, I can't understand people complaining about it. Yeah, like oh, it was great. Like you know. Like doubling season was printed, like Dark Confident was printed. Uh, we got Deathrite Shaman for Legacy, like you know all these great <laughs> things. I mean that's a that's a tender spot. Right? <laughs> Deathrite Shaman specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's not like they're going to be. Oh, I just bring back the Eldrazi. Yeah. No. Bring back Paul. Destroys Ravnica. <laughs> <laughs> That'll make everyone really happy. Yeah. No. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the backlash is because I mean obviously like as always it's it's a very loud and vocal minority that are having a backlash against it, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if if it's because that if it's because of Ravnica specifically that we'll be spending three sets on Ravnica, or if it's just because that we'll be spending three sets on the same plane like in a row. Yeah, 
because like that's that's how it used to work and that's how it worked for a long time like you know like you said like since like from Mirrodin to uh, Mirrodin to Battle for Zendikar really yeah exactly you'd like, spend three sets on a plane I guess this has been the intention from the out like this story's been there for a while yeah I guess so yeah and like this has always been where we're gonna head yeah. and what was gonna happen yeah I just wanted it to happen yeah it's told us nothing <laughs> it told us nothing about it yeah it's really annoying yeah, I do feel like, as far as like the announcement day itself goes, like it was a little bit anticlimactic. Like as opposed yeah. to like the last one where they announced like they announced our oh, rivals for Ixlan, oh, and Unstable and Dominaria and Masters Twenty Five, and you know like mm-hmm. every, anything and everything, and it was like just announcement after announcement of like really cool things. Yeah. Whereas this one was just kind of been like, oh yeah, we're gonna do Ravnica and then Ravnica and then Ravnica. Yeah, which, it's like, very isn't it? Which I'm like, we all we all knew anyway. Like really, mm-hmm. like it was cool to see like in the video that like, they released like some of like the concept art for the for the, the plane and some of like the the early design for for some of the guilds. Like obviously some of the guilds are going through a bit of a redesign. Like uh, I guess all of the guilds really are going through a slight redesign. Um, mm-hmm. Like Rockdos are kind of turning more into like this kind of circus like carnival type thing, and, mm-hmm. and Demir becoming very like influenced by like film noir and like their clothing, uh, and then, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a bit weird in terms of you know Magic the Gathering. Yeah, but nah, it's cool. It's and then cool. you've got the Gruel have just gone straight like like eighties punk, like <laughs> like shaved heads and tattoos and like mohawks. Like, yeah, I mean, have Slesnia got dreadlocks and meditating? Uh, no, I think they were just like like elf shaman was like the the image used in like the the video i can't remember yeah that sounds about right yeah it sounds pretty appropriate yeah <laughs> uh, and then like yeah golgari like wearing like their clothes have got like all funguses now like they're just wearing mushrooms like that's the thing oh they're skin slime foot yeah yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> slime foot so yeah i think i think it is like it's gonna be cool going back to ravnica like it was Definitely. it was the first set when i started playing the game really like mm-hmm. Yeah, I I just, I just can't wait. Like I already know, like whether it's good or bad. Like I'm gonna play a Rakdos Agro deck. Like definitely. Sure. Sign myself to like yeah. Sign myself up to like three months of that. Like 100. percent Yeah, even if it's terrible. Yeah, even if it's terrible. Like it's gonna be cool. Like it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean that wasn't the only announcement we got. No. We got a little bit about battle bond. We did. Yeah, we got a another. Uh, yeah, I guess some more information about Battle Bond. Like they they spoiled some sort of booster pack artwork, and then uh, we got to see some more cards from the set. Yep, we got to see two whole cards from the set. Yeah, are uh, you as underwhelmed as I am? Um, I probably like. <laughs> I, I I don't feel whelmed at all. Like in the slightest. <laughs> so yeah, we we got two cards from the set. We got uh, Per Imaginative Rascal and Toothy Imaginary mm-hmm. Friend. Uh, so one of them's Tuna Green for a legendary creature, human. It's a 1-1. Uh, has a new mechanic, uh, partner with Toothy Imaginary Friend. So rather than, than partner, like the commander mechanic, uh, yeah. this one has partner with. So they'll all mention like a specific card. And the new ability on that is uh, when this creature enters the battlefield, target player may put Toothy into their hand from their library and then shuffle. And then Toothy has partner with Per, imaginative rascal. When this creature enters the battlefield, target player may put Per into their hand from their library and then shuffle. Yeah. Why does it not say search? Uh, Doesn't it search your library? Maybe, maybe it's just like a new way of shortcutting it. New templating, put yeah. in your hand from your library. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's fine. Like I don't know. So they, they they said obviously like like partner and commander. Like anything with partner with can be played as your as like a partner commander. So you could play those as your as your partners if you wanted to as your commanders. Okay. But fine. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like I'm not the best person to be giving commander advice at all. But I I don't I don't true. think that's great. Like. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's hit me with a lot of these, like, standalone products. Like, I just don't, I don't care. <laughs> no, I think there's, there's a couple of things that I find quite interesting about the set. Um, uh, I I think there's uh, potential for a true name Nemesis reprint, which I think is something that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that cool. So that would be cool if they did that. Um, yeah. Or on the flip side, there'll be something else that will be good in Legacy. Yeah, they've been really careful about that these days. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I I'd like to see I'd like to see something something that's you know that is good, like not just playable, but something that is good in Legacy come out of this set. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I find really interesting about the set is the. Uh, the way they collate the cards in a booster pack. Mm-hmm. So any of the partner with cards 
both both halves of that partner with will appear in that booster pack. So if you open uh, a per imaginary imaginative ma- rascal in your booster, uh, yep. toothy imaginary friend will also be in that booster, guaranteed. Okay. So I think I think that's I mean that's interesting. I don't know if it's interesting to anyone else, but it's it's definitely interesting to me. Like just to show that that that's something that they can do now, definitely. Like yeah, that's sweet. I mean, I'm finding it really hard to get enthusiastic about this. Yeah. As, that's it. As far as the set itself goes, like I, I'm not a fan of multiplayer. Ma- like personally, I'm not a fan of multiplayer magic. I'm mm-hmm. not a friend of two headed. I'm not a fan of two headed giant. So like, there's from what I've seen the set so far, like there's nothing that I care about. I mean, I just when wizards try and like try and sort of force fun. Yeah. It always seems to fall a bit short. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, 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 I get that. I get that definitely. But I think fun is just such a subjective thing that's the problem because like like i I think so they're a a big company that kind of knows what they're doing and have you know do lots of market research and get lots of feedback and you know like stuff like gps like there's at least one gp like pretty much every single weekend Mm -hmm. yeah like absolutely yes gps are great really fun events that are kind of like magic conventions massive tournaments on the flip side of that that's just a load of data for wizards because they can see exactly how many people signed up for what formats what formats were popular you know who wanted to play what so they can have a look at a year's worth of gp data and see oh people really like playing two-headed giant so let's do a two-headed giant set like that kind of thing so i think i think there's i think the demand is definitely there for it but i just I, I just don't think it's something I'm interested in or many people yeah. that I know will or will be interested in just because that's that's not how they enjoy playing magic. Yeah, maybe we're just the wrong crowd. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the case in this one. Like yeah. like I say, like absolutely they'll they'll be a good card in legacy and you know, I, I get excited about booster pack collation and new technology there. <laughs> like <laughs> that's my kind of thing, so you know, whatever. But yeah, like it's fun for some people, but won't be for me. Which I'm sure was the case for like Unstable. Like I'm sure some people just absolutely despised Unstable, but yep. I thought that was like the best draft format I've ever played. Like uh, it's just I don't like it when they like I said when they try and force the fun. Yeah. When like I find fun in like in magic, and I like I enjoy like their sort of like you know and they make subtle little jokes. Yeah. Like the in the flavor text of a goblin. Yeah, or like the flavor text of like any Dominaria card. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I like all these cool things, and like I find them really interesting. I, I like the sort of traditional fancy art and yeah. I like this is the same thing I had the same complaint I had about Arena I don't need to be entertained while I'm entertaining myself yeah 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 for sure I mean like I'm playing magic because I find it fun I don't need to have like this fun wacky toothy imaginary friend nonsense yeah. at the same time yeah and like all the unstable stuff like I don't need it to be funny oh, um, I, like, see I, I I love unstable like unapologetically just love any of the unsets like but with them I think it's I think it's so different because it's not magic really like silver bordered magic is very different to you know black bordered or white bordered magic yeah I think that's my thing because I'm not I'm not really into any sort of particularly any sort of gaming outside of magic yeah so I think magic is the thing so when they sort of deviate from what magic means to me I yeah. mean this is a very personal complaint yeah, sort no. of like, but when they, when they deviate from it it just sort of it rubs me out the wrong way yeah um, and I just don't like I said we're just not the people for this I think yeah no absolutely like I, I again like this, like this is probably something that I, I wouldn't have been unhappy with like this particular card like a particular card pairing like I think might have been quite interesting if it was in an unset it was in unstable like oh here's this imaginary rascal and their imaginary friend like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, when you play when you play this card, go search your library for this card, put it in your hand or put it on the battlefield and it's their imaginary friend or whatever, like yeah, cool. Like that feels a little bit like an unset, but like it, mm-hmm. like it it's it's not like it, this this is still like a plane within black bordered magic yeah it's uh, the, the like the lines between black and silver bordered sets are getting a little bit too blurred yeah i i, I think this does tr- sort of tread that line very thinly i think yeah and i mean this is coming from someone who just gushed for 10 minutes about how much they love slime for so <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know it's Fine, we'll have to see what happens. I'll probably like it's a draft set, right? It is, yeah. It's a two-headed giant draft set. 
You know, I'll probably draft it once and then not care. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Is... I mean, so that does that mean that means it's not going to be on Magic Online, right? Uh, God, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that. Yeah, I assume they'll do the same thing with like conspiracy and just put put the cards in like treasure chests. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what I sure. assume will happen. I yeah. mean, I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't work online, right? Yeah, no. Like, yeah, because you can't do two at a giant draft. But I don't know. I guess maybe we'll play it at GP Liverpool when we scrub out the main event. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Even if we scrub out, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll go play some Legacy or something. I'm not going to that. I'll go sure. play Commander because that's what that's what I find fun. Sure, sure. And in all fairness, whatever people find fun is fine. Yeah. There's no wrong way to play Magic. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I promise. <laughs> Regardless of what I constantly say. <laughs> so yeah, so I guess that, that covers the, the big major announcements this week, really. Like Ravnica, Ravnica, yeah. Ravnica. A little bit of Battle Bond. And I guess quite soon the sort of preview season for the, the core settle will begin and we'll get to see where, where, what happens there and if anything there sort of dictates what's going on in the story or you know what yeah. will be going on in the story sort of post Ravnica or even anything that happens during Ravnica yeah it's really cool like we, we get to see what uh, what card that weird creepy bolas art features on yeah totally you've seen that art right yeah <laughs> yes like, I've seen that art yeah where he looks nothing like Nicol Bolas and he looks like a creepy gremlin yeah I think it's, it's the art strange. it's the art that's on the, yeah, the deck builders toolkits I think oh it's so weird yeah because I know we're going to have five different Planeswalker decks as well for this and they're going to be monocolored oh what really yeah 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 five monocolored decks um, we assume like we've seen like the Tezzeret box already so I assume the blue one was going to be Tezzeret uh, and I if I had to guess I'd say the green one is Vivian okay which is that um, Planeswalker that popped up in a survey like a couple of months ago yeah okay that's cool so yeah so again Based on speculation, but that's that's something we'll see, and then I mean, who knows what the other three so Yeah. So, <laughs> reason to believe you are going to be wrong. So yeah, I guess that's our main topics covered this week. Let's move on to our what the deck this week. So, what have you got for us this week, Sam? This one's a pretty good one. Yeah. Pretty spicy. Okay. So it features it's mainly the uh, feature on the, the devoted druid combo. Yeah, sure. Uh, what is that combo for anybody who, who listening who doesn't know? So you have devoted druid, which is one in a green for an O two. Yeah. It taps for a green, and you can put a minus one, minus one card on it to untap it. Yep. Um, and that works very well with the Almond Cat card, Vizier of Remedies. Yeah. Which is a one and a white for two one, and if one or more minus one, minus one cards be put on a pony you control, that many uh, minus one are put on it instead. Yeah. So the way that works is you activate the ability on Devoted Druid. Yep. There's a, there's a replacement effect from Vizier. Yep. Which then means that no cards are put on it. Yep. But yeah. The ability has still been activated, so it still untaps. Yes. So then it doesn't die to the minus one, minus one counters, and you can make infinite mana. Yeah, essentially, yeah. And then you put that into a walking ballista or some sort of nonsense to kill your opponent. Yeah. So normally you see that in uh, Court of Calling or Collect Company decks, where you yeah. just like, play some good creatures and like find the combo pieces with those cards. This one is not doing that. No. Uh, what is this deck doing? This one This one features Summoner's Pact mm. and the Hall of the Bandit Lord. Hall of the Bandit Lord, eh? <laughs> yeah, give it haste. <laughs> make this druid and give it haste so I can do it immediately. And... A card called Postmortem Lunge. Cool. So do you want to run through the through the full deck yeah, list there? Definitely. So we have a forest. A single forest. Four Hall of Bandit Lord. Yeah. Which is um, pay three life. Pay three life, yeah. Add a colourless mana to mana pool. If it's spent to cast a creature, that creature gets haste. Yeah. Two Horizon Canopies. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five green fetch lands and two Temple Gardens. Yeah. Four Mishra's Bauble, which combos very well with four Traverse the Open World, because yeah. you can activate from the room. Totally. Uh, four Pact of Negation and four Summoner's Bags. Yeah. Because you're a really heavy combo deck. Yeah. One that I particularly like, which is Kundra's Bauble. Sure. There's a, a one-off, yeah. Um... You put a card. You sacrifice. Uh, it's a one-man artifact that you sacrifice and put on. Uh, you put a card from your graveyard in the bottom of your library. Yeah. You need to put artifacts in your graveyard. Then we have four adventurous impulse. Yeah. From Dominaria. Yeah. Look at the top three. Reveal a creature or a land. And since your two combo pieces, well, like part of your combo is technically Hall of Mandal Lord. Yeah. Combination. Four ancient stirrings, yeah. which is. I think that's weird in this deck. I it's. I think it's fine. Like it's a very good card. It's the best punch of the model. Nearly. Uh, yeah, sense. I think it is just just the best country in modern. Like absolutely. You play fourteen lands. Yeah. And then like seven other colorless cards. Yeah. That doesn't seem like enough. No. Well, I mean, okay, we'll we'll go into that in a minute. Yeah. I'll finish the deck list. Sure. <laughs> With uh, four communion nature, the two communion nature. Yeah. Some green. Uh, look at top five. Reveal a creature. Yeah. So ancient stones for creatures. Yeah. Uh, we have a wild canter, which is a card from Guild Pact. Maybe we'll get a reprint in Ravnica. Yeah, maybe. So. Uh, one hybrid red-green for 1-1. One, one. Sacrifice it. Add one mana of any colour. Yep. We have uh, four Viziers and four Devoted Druids. Yeah, the combo. A Dusk Watch Recruiter. 
Just a single one? Yep. A single mana morphos. Yeah. Four spirit wraiths. Yeah. A single dead shot minotaur, because you need another cycler. Yeah. One post mortal lunge. Yeah. And uh, what does that do? Post mortal lunge is uh, a Phyrexian black. So black or two life. Yeah. And X. Return target creature card with converted mana costs. Uh, X uh, from your graveyard to battlefield. It gains haste until end of turn. Okay. And sacrifice it. Yeah. Uh, so you just pay two mana to get your devoted druid back. Sure. And start the combo because it costs two mana because you pay two life. Yeah. And the sideboard is four paths. Yeah. A spoil pact, two more lunges for some reason. Yeah. Uh, a dissenter's deliverance. Yeah. Two reclamation stages. Yeah. A defense grid. Yeah. And my personal favorite card in this entire 75 <laughs> four mystic enforcers. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the card I think is actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what does mystic enforcer do for those listening at home? Yeah. I mean, like, because no one knows what this card does, right? <laughs> yeah. It's um, is a two, a green and a white yep. for a human nomad mystic. Nice. Which is a sweet creature type. Yeah. It's a three three with protection from black. Yeah. And as threshold, so as long as there are seven or more cards in your graveyard, it gets plus three plus three and has flying. So it's a four mana six six with flying with protection from black. Yeah, seems pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how the hell you're casting a four mana card in this deck with fourteen lands. <laughs> uh, you're using your devoted druid combo to cast it off your post-mortem lunge oh yeah of course of course my bad sorry yeah. I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this deck is just like nonsense because we've seen like sort of turbo druid decks uh, druid decks before yeah where the point is just you know power out the, the combo yeah and hold the man along but this is just like going all in yeah it feels no, no part that don't contribute to game one yeah it just it just looks really strange as like mm-hmm. yeah. like a bunch of cards together like if have you seen this this play in like an event or like it won the modern challenge wow yeah yeah that's it, that's yeah that's that's fairly good I think it beat, it beat some real decks along the way yeah definitely like I can and it finally beat Hollow One yeah as I say I imagine like Hollow One's probably fairly popular at the moment mm-hmm. yeah like and that's a good deck is it <laughs> Um, I, it's it's putting results up. I think it's I think it's a good deck. Like whether it's like I don't know, like a deck I'd ever want to play, then like not really. But I think yeah, it's a good deck. Yeah, I think we need to have a modern episode soon. Yeah, I agree. Where we just like go through the format and talk about things because I've got a lot of things about modern. Awesome. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Let's do that very soon. Yeah, but I want to I want to build this deck. Yeah. <laughs> this this is just nonsense. So yeah. it's done well. Like it's beaten some real decks in the format. Yeah, totally. I don't understand some of the card choices. Yeah. If I'm being honest, but I think the general game plan is like use a summoner's pact or your traverse the molds. Yeah. To treat your combo pieces, give them haste, and just kill your opponent. Yeah. And this deck is capable of winning on turn two. Yeah, seems pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Is that just through making like a massive walking blister and? Yeah, you just make a walking blister and murder your opponent. Yeah. Yeah, seems it's, good. It's back to be the, the plan. Yeah, that does seem good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, it's the kind of deck I have been interested in before because I think Devoted is pretty good right now. Yeah, yeah. But I think, I don't know, when... Because I think this is just trying to be like half a step ahead of like... So the best decks in the format, like generally we can say a Hollow One, Humans, and Affinity. Yeah. And I think this is just like half a step ahead in terms of speed. Yeah. Because all those decks can get like sort of, you know, the nut draws where they just kill their opponents on turn draw four. Yeah, totally. But this is very, very capable of just killing them before that happens. Yeah. Because it's so streamlined, every card commits to the game plan. Yeah. There are no, there are no fluff cards, there are no like. <sighs> I mean, four Mystic Enforcer on the sideboard is very strange to me. Yeah, definitely. It just seems like a bit of an odd super card choice. But <laughs> yeah. You zero mana spells, <laughs> and then you're casting this three mana, this uh, four mana three. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think it, I think it kind of is just a bit of a reflection of of what I, what I'd feared might happen with the format. To be honest, like once we mm-hmm. had like Jason Mind Sculptor unbanned, like there would just be that shift towards the fast decks. Like you've got to mm-hmm. go, got to go as fast as you can, and the fact that that deck definitely looks like it can win on turn two like seems to be a thing like like the speed of hollow one is ridiculous as well like yeah definitely yeah so uh, yeah I, th- I think that i think it says a lot about the situation the format's in when you you see a deck like that winning the modern challenge yeah definitely um because i mean it's because i was pretty big on like on infect for a while yeah because of just mind sculpt because usually as quick as possible and this just seems seems a little bit more consistent despite the weird card choices yeah totally but like you're not trying to play any kind of long game like if you try and play the long game you just lose yeah and you're just trying to kill your opponent um and i think i think it's interesting i'm not sure if it's actually got any legs or just like spike this tournament but yeah 
seems cool. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one we should definitely keep an eye on. I think definitely. I, I mean, I'm, I can I can build this up. Yeah, I can build this. I can give it a go. Yeah, go for it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, that's that's our what the deck president now, right? I've got to, I've got to build the terrible terrible. That is, yeah. Like. After I I I, mean, I, just, I just I couldn't do it with last week's deck. Like I, I you couldn't do it with the vintage deck. Yeah, I couldn't do it with the vintage deck. Like it's like, disappointment. <laughs> physically, could not afford it. But that's, that's some, perfect reason. Yeah, that's something something I'll work on. I'll sort my mana traders account out and. Sure. Yeah, I'll I'll do that at some point definitely. Mm-hmm. So I guess for, yeah, once again, that's pretty much all we have time for this week uh, on yeah. our devastation. So as always, if you want to catch us on social media, uh, you can get us on Twitter. We are at hfdcast. Uh, on mm-hmm. Facebook, we're also at facebook.com/hfdcast because we have a Facebook page now. Yeah, it's been. I've actually decided to do something with it. Yeah, totally. Uh, people have uh, people have liked it and started sharing our posts, and I appreciate. It. Thanks everyone that's actually been interacting with our po- with our uh, with our page. Yeah, totally. Big thanks there. Uh, speaking of, of pages with content as well, we we also do have a website. Uh, that's something that I will be updating this week at some point. Uh, yeah. That is hfdcast.com, uh, mm-hmm. and that does actually have an article uh, I wrote back in March uh, about five mechanics we would love to see return when we go back to Ravnica. Yeah, and now that yeah, now that we've confirmed that we're going back there, maybe that gets a little bit more relevant. Be the most popular article on the internet by the end of the week. Yeah, sure. I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to catch my uh, personal Twitter, I am at Peach Garden Oaf. That's over for Neff. Mm-hmm. And I'm Snail Sixty Nine. Hey. <laughs> Every time. Every time. I just remember this time. I yeah. it wasn't four twenty like my modem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, again, you can just hit me up on my personal Facebook page. I'm Joel Alden. Uh, you can find me posting any of like the MTG uh, UK groups. Uh, I'm fairly active on there. PMs are always yeah. open. Come hit me up. Me. Message me about magic. You can find me aggressively buying and selling cards. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I keep making mistakes. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, if anyone has like any content they want to see, I know we've got a, like, a couple of requests for doing a specifically Commander episode. Yeah, definitely. That is something that I'm... For. Yeah, like I, I have opinions about Commander. Like I don't know how valid <laughs> they are, but they're certainly opinions. So I'm really excited, and also Joe will be there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So that'll be, I think we want to do that in the, the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely. But if, we'll if be the kind of content people actually want. That'll be just hit us up. That'll be sweet. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, once again, uh, we are approaching the second hour. Uh, the Godfarer has returned, so we'll see you next week on Hour of Devastation. See you.